cool cats and kittens. <laughs> you like how I did that? Welcome to the Stadium Drive Podcast. I'm Hudgens. I got Brad and Joe here. What's going on, fellas? What's up? Just hanging out. Um, on today's episode, we are we are still social distancing as the rest of the world should be. On today's episode, we're going to have Zach Campbell interview. He was great. The guy's got over 11,000 baseballs, which is phenomenal. Um, we're going to be talking some NFL draft, uh, and we're going to have a debate a little bit later on, which is fun. We, we have no idea what the topic is. Joe is the moderator. And, and Joe doesn't know the topic, if we're being honest. <clears throat> yeah, Joe doesn't even know the topic. To He's going to find it. So that's what we have on today's episode. But first, let's talk about our friends over at Manscaped. Support for this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. They are the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. But not only that, don't, don't, don't limit yourself to below-the-belt. I mean, you can shave anything you want with this thing. It's, uh, it offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and, and as well as everything else. So uh, this is what you got to do. You go to manscaped.com, okay? You click the link. You get you something real nice. You know, you can browse if you want, but then you get you something real nice. Then you type in our promo code, which is stadium for 20% off. That is manscaped.com promo code stadium for 20% off plus free shipping. I almost forgot free shipping. Everybody loves free shipping. I do. You do. We all do manscaped.com. All right. What's up? How's everybody doing? Doing how much going on. Like, honestly, I'm losing my mind. Really? I mean, I bought NASCAR Heat 4, and I've been playing my career in it. That's how, like... The the dirt track racing is fun on that. That is fun. It is fun. But that just shows you where I'm at these days. Yeah. I was was built for this. I I love it. Wake up whenever I want to. You and your your brother are perfect. If if this was a game show, you would win. Yeah. This is like, this is horrible. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm still working. I, as everybody know, as people know, I'm still working. I got great news today. Um, actually got a pretty good race for being essential. Nice. On top of the bonus, I got another race today. So that's, I guess I'll keep working if they keep. I, well, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm just gonna have to keep working. Yeah. Uh, but um. I don't know. Hopefully everything clears up soon. Lord, we need it to clear up soon. Yeah. WrestleMania is this weekend. Ooh, is it? Yep. Okay. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, did not realize that. It's a two-day event, right? It's like Saturday yeah, and Saturday Sunday. Yeah, Saturday and Sunday starting at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Interesting. Hmm. So, yeah. I might have to check that out. I haven't, I haven't watched WrestleMania in forever. I mean, did you watch the marathon on ESPN? Because they played like eight of them in a row. I I've went in and out. Like I'm, I would go to ESPN and I'd be like, oh, another WrestleMania. Then I'd watch it for a minute and I'd be like, oh, okay. So, but did they, the, they were like the old ones too? Yeah, it's like I mean they had some that was like eighteen and nineteen. But by the way, if you haven't seen it on Vice, is a, a two part episode called Dark Side of the Ring about Chris I love Benoit. that show. Love that Insane. Show. It yeah. was wild. Didn't realize everything that he was going through. Crazy. 
Yeah. I definitely recommend it if you're bored, which most of us are right now. Let's yeah. be honest. Dark Side of the Ring is a great show. CTE, didn't, he? didn't it show that he had CTE? Yeah, that's what it was. But for the longest time, even me, I was like, oh, steroids. And then I watched it and I was like, dang, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I didn't realize how big of a part Eddie Guerrero was in his death. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. Well, Definitely recommend it. Yeah, that that is a great show. I've got that show recorded. I've I've watched pretty much every episode. They they are really. It just kind of gives you a behind the scenes look on everything. It's really really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need we need all this all this Corona stuff to get out of here and get out of here fast because I think our fall sports are in danger, especially the NCAA, dude. Yeah. Like I I would say, D one football is more at risk than. I mean, not just D1 football, but college football in general is more at risk than in the NFL just because of, like, students and all of yeah. those things going on. Hopefully things change, but, like, you have Kirk Herbstreit is, like, already predicting that there's going to be no football. And I'm like, this is just – like, I- this is bad enough in the armpit of the year with sports. I can't imagine if you take away fantasy from me or if you take away – for you guys, like, Florida State. Miami, I, well, like, I, I have a hot take. I I hope that football gets canceled. Dear God. <laughs> as, Dear as, God. As, a, as a Florida State fan, it's not. I mean, it's not fair for Norvell. It's not fair that he's not going to have spring. He can't have summer workouts. So you want him to try to implement a system a month and then play a whole regular season? That's not. That's not okay with me. Well, I don't. If it if it was to happen, I think it's going to be delayed. I, I could see them starting in November, to be honest with you, and the championship game being in like March. Honestly, um, I could see it if it if it happens. Personally, I don't think it's going to happen. Like, because they're not, you're not going to play football. It as long as the students aren't back at school, there's not going to be anything. Like, you can't you cannot just bring on the student athletes to be like a i don't know a, just just to have them on campus just to play a sport that's that's why i think that they're more at risk because you're going to be like oh no you guys need to go out there and play with no fans no student section no band could you imagine that i mean like that's a horrible alternative yeah horrible horrible i wouldn't want that. i wouldn't want to watch that if, if i can't go to the game then definitely don't want it going yeah so I, I think the NFL could get away with it just based off of Sunday ticket. I think off of, off of that, I, I could see them doing like a hey, let's bring it, let's bring in NFL. NFL is going to happen this season. We're not going to have any fans, but NFL Sunday ticket is going to be free. I'd be like, oh, okay, I don't yeah, have to pay that cool. money. But I could see the NFL pulling it off just because of the resources they have and yada yada yada. But there's just a lot going on with trying to get college football going. I mean, but who knows if it, it if if I, if I'm looking at it as a Florida State fan, and you might you're going to hate the Hudgens, but Trevor Lawrence would be gone because he's not going to stay another year if they didn't have football. Derek King may never take a snap for Miami, and it gives Florida State another year to try to fix their offensive line and find a quarterback. I'm. I, I'm there's no weight on my shoulders. I, I don't care if there's no football. Like there's no I, way. I think I think it's a win if if there's no football. 
That'd be for Florida lot. State, for a Florida State fan who I only care about Florida State, I don't like I don't care about football. I care about Florida State, and I'm I mean if if Florida State didn't have a a, a season, I don't think that would hurt Florida State, and I think that would hurt their rivals. So, in my opinion, I I really don't care. I, I'm I'm actually hoping that there's no football. That is insane I, to me. That, that would be that, that is a, insane. But I'm looking at it as 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 a Florida State fan, and it, it's fine with me. Oof. It's just going to be brutal, man. Like I, I get that, I but can I find just, something. I mean, I can oh, find something else. I mean, no, I do. I'm no, losing my can't. mind after two weeks. Two yeah. weeks. I can't yeah. imagine getting to the fall and still not having anything. Anything? Oh man, yeah, that would. Because I mean, if if it gets to that point, there still will be nothing. Yeah, they're right. probably th- this podcast probably might not exist because we would just be, uh, or or we would have to switch the the. It, this wouldn't be a sports podcast. We'd have to talk about movies or something. Yeah, <laughs> Netflix documentaries. Something. Well, Speaking of which, you you finished the uh, Tiger King. I did finish Tiger King. Sorry if I'm late, but I did finish it. Wild, wild. I um. I'm starting to worry about how real it was because I'm hearing a lot of stuff that comes out after the fact that. I don't know if it was a hundred percent as real. Like the nanny, the nanny. I mean, nanny you could have fake. seen. Um, Joe Exotic wasn't really singing. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. He, um, he, he pulled a straight Millie Vanilli on us. He blamed the it on guy, the rain. The the directors made one, the husband of Joe Exotic that didn't have any teeth or was never wearing a shirt. <laughs> they never. They made him interview without a shirt. And huh. he was born without teeth, so it wasn't like met. He it wasn't meth that made him not have teeth. He was born without teeth. He said well, that he. We all he were. Said that he, we all. No, were. I'm saying oh, he was okay. born okay. like teeth never came in. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. So, it, to, there, there's there's some fishy stuff with this. Show. Well, I mean, yeah. they they never said, "Hey, this guy's teeth fell out due to like meth," did they? But they just—it was implied. It was implied. Yeah. It was implied. Yeah. Also, and he said he did meth, but meth had nothing to do with his teeth. Yeah. Have you guys <laughs> it heard was still, of the it was almost breaking news within like the last hour and a half that was reported? By the way, it's Thursday evening. Uh, no. Joe Exotic in prison got the coronavirus, and now Ooh. he's in a hospital. Ooh. I think I did. I think I did see something about how he was quarantined or something like that. He I know. was self-isolating, and now he has the coronavirus. So it's just wild. That. I know, like, I, I, was, I was skeptical on the whole uh, Doc Antle guy. I was like, man, I don't, I don't know how to feel about this guy. But I listened to um, Theo Vaughn's podcast. I watched the whole thing on YouTube when he yeah. had uh, Doc on earlier this week. And uh, he's actually like, I don't know, he seems like a cool guy, honestly. <laughs> I mean, he's, I mean, he's still got like man. seven wives or whatever girlfriends. Well, no, he, he, he said of, that he said that those women were like wives of people that were at the show, like his yeah. son. He was like one of them was my son's like, wife, and one of them was like my granddaughter, and one of them was like my niece or something like yeah. that. But oh. um, that like I like looked up the whole like thing that they got that they have going on up there. It's like a resort. It looks yeah. badass. Yeah, I mean, he was on like late night shows and yeah. Um, 
Yeah, the most normal guy was the guy that found the FBI agent, or the FBI agent was like dead in his on his property. That guy was maybe the most normal guy of the show, which that's or been the said. The guy with no legs was pretty normal. Yeah, he was pretty yeah. normal. Yeah. The campaign the manager, hundred percent. The the girl that got her arm bit off, she was normal. Yeah, she was she was she was she was just real and she was an OG. She came back to work like three days later. She like <laughs> no. came back to work. I, I mean I might take a week if if, if No yeah. way. I would not. I'd be done. <laughs> I'd be like, nah, I'm sorry. Sorry, Joe. She said it, it was her fault. It depends on it depends on what I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid $150 a week, <laughs> and 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 you a get week? to eat like a week old meat from Walmart. Yeah. God, not doing it. Take your pick at, at what leftover old meat you want to eat. It, we gotta get we gotta get pre- the president of Barstool, Dave Portnoy, to go, uh, or I guess it's not doing it anymore, but to review a pizza of the. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh, horrible. Good yeah. God, that was terrible. The um, yeah, but it, it it was hilarious. Whether or not the majority of it was real or fake, it was hilarious, and I laughed. Hilarious. His, his campaign videos when he was like, "I'm broke as shit." <laughs> I mean, it was just oh my gosh, it was. So I had kinky sex. Yeah, I've done drugs in the past. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, wild, it was a- wild show. If you haven't if you haven't seen it yet. You need to watch it. You need to watch it. I think um, everybody's seen it. Yeah. I'm started on uh, season three of Ozarks. You guys have probably finished it. No, I haven't watched it yet. I've got two episodes left and it is really good. Yeah. The really good. I think we're only I think we're only two episodes in, but it's it's pretty good. Or that's not know. a show that you can binge though. Because yeah. this is a show that you have to like focus on and stuff. Yep, I agree. So like I can only watch like one or two episodes a night or a day. Okay. Yeah, I can't I agree. So. I rebinged all of Eastbound and Down for the last like week and a half. Yep, love them. They never get Stevie old. Stevie to God, not funny East, at all. Eastbound and Down season one was the best. The, that was ever. And then season, was, season one was great, and then the beginning of season two was good. But then, as far as longer that it went, it got less funny to me. Yeah, like yeah. like when he was when he painted the donkey as a zebra. That's so damn funny to me. Yeah, but I don't. Stevie, not a big, not a big Stevie. No, unpopular opinion. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, we could debate that. Uh, <laughs> the guy, the no, guy, uh, the guy took a bullet for his friend. This is like whining Whoa. is like the most annoying thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought it was a good character. Yeah, it was funny. Um, anything Danny McBride is in is funny, and you know what? We are transitioning to a damn TV and movie podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, let's talk sports. Yeah. Let's talk sports. Yeah. Let's right. talk. I mean, there's only really anything to talk about is the NFL draft. Yeah, NFL three draft. weeks out. Three weeks, three weeks out. out. Excited. Um, nervous. I'm nervous, boys. Yeah. Number one pick. I don't know what's gonna. As happen. like a Giants fan. As a Giants fan, I'm nervous. Yeah. I I think David I I like David Gettleman or Dave Gettleman. I don't think he's going to make the wrong choice. But in the fan like in Giants fans eyes, there's going to be 50% that hate it and 50% that like it. Yeah. So So let's let, let's do like three people that you think are going to be bust and three guys that you think are going to be really really good. 
Can y'all do that? Do y'all have a? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, okay. we can, I can try. Yeah. <clears throat> when do y'all lead off though? Who do you think? Oh, you just like we. I could talk about a bus, and I could talk about somebody. All right, let's talk bus. Let's talk. Let's talk bus first. Okay. All right, my first guy, Jake Fromm. I mean, Jake Fromm's not a. He he's Ooh. not a good. Um, he was – did he throw a forward pass at Georgia? Yeah, he did. I mean, I would take Jake Fromm, freshman Jake Fromm, over pretty much any quarterback. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And, and that's and, not uh, just – I don't like Georgia. I legit – I don't think he's going to be a very good quarterback. I mean, if you look at his accuracy when throwing in a tight windows, it actually was like number two and number three last season still. Now, he didn't throw that many deep passes, but – Whether I mean, or not – I think – Go ahead. Because he's one that I think is going to be a boom. So, like, this will be my transition to a boom. If you can get him in the third round, like, he's definitely not a first-rounder. 100% not a first-rounder, especially with the draft class that you have. But I think I think if he ends up with the Patriots, which is def- a definite possibility, his checkdowns to the running backs, the schemes they're going to draw up for him is going to be, like, solid. I think the Patriots very much are a system that – you know, a lot of quarterbacks can fit in. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett were, like, solid in them. So, I think he'll be a boom with the right team. But you could yeah. say that with, uh, you know, anybody. Like, Joe Burrow, I would say, is going to be a bust if he goes to the Bengals. Like, I would say Joe Burrow will be a bust. I agree with that due to the team he will have around him. I think so. And so, that, that's – I think the Dolphins – they have 14 picks in the draft. I think the Dolphins yeah. want Burrow, and I think the Dolphins yeah. are going to use some of those picks to move up. So, do you, so if you're the Bengals, do you do you possibly trade that pick and then pick up Cam Newton, and then you have a couple pieces yeah. that you can build around? Yeah, if yeah. if I could do that, could you imagine Cam Newton in a Bengals uniform? That sounds weird to me. Him or right. Winston, either one. Winston that, that, hasn't signed yet weird either, right? To me, nah. Neither, neither one have went anywhere, which is crazy i could see i mean i could see that like you the Bengals are not going to be good enough to where joe burrow is going to come and fix things they need to make other changes and the dolphins have done the changes that they need to make like they've done so many things this offseason they've picked up a lot their their defense if the Bengals could get an offensive line because their offensive line is terrible but they have joe mixon they have aj green they have Auden tate they have uh, John Ross. They have weapons. That's true. They just they, need offensive line. They've got that boy AJ Green just handcuffed. You know he's ready to <laughs> get out. That man. Oh, oh man. my gosh. Um, but I mean, there's there's some really good O, o linemen in like the projected top fifteen. I have one yeah. that's on. But if if they could trade Burrow and get a couple of really good offensive linemen and then sign Cam Newton or Jameis for cheap. I think the Bengals should do that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, and they can get a lot out of Miami. Yeah. Like, they can get a lot out of them because Miami's like, hey, we're ready to win now, especially with the – I mean, they might have the Browns, like, concept in their head where it's like, oh, we're ready. We're Super Bowl ready, which they weren't, obviously, last year. But I can see them being like, hey, we're ready to move up. Let's move up in the draft. We're going to win. Like, especially with Brady gone. A lot of Patriots players leaving. The Bills are going to look pretty good. The Jets still suck. But yeah. I think 
the dolphin. That's dude, that's a hot take. I I would say, Joe, yeah, you're probably right about Miami moving up because that's I haven't seen that yet. But yeah, um, a, a a guy who I know is going to bust. I don't think I know is Tua. Tua is going to be a bust. Tua. Do you think will- injury bust or do you think? Performance-wise. Probably just injury. Tua is going to be the Derrick Rose of the NFL. He's going to be – I mean, Greg injuries – he's going to be a Greg Oden of the NFL. I think that – I mean, he's just too fragile. And he gets hit by one of them big D linemen or, or a middle linebacker rushing down the pipe. I think it, it's going to be game over. So, do you yeah. think that since he would trade their number one to the – to Miami, get the four, and still get Tua? Or do you think they will try to trade them for the four, get players, and take, like, an offensive lineman or something like that, and then sign Camden? I think that's a smarter if you would, just start would, building with give, pieces. Well, it'd be five. I would get an offensive lineman. Oh, yeah, five. Sorry, I'm thinking Giants right now with the four. I would get an offensive lineman. That's just me. And then if you suck next year – try to get Trevor Lawrence because I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence than any quarterback that's in this draft. Yeah. Yeah, true. I agree. Um, yeah, build one more year. You're not going to win anything this year. You're not yeah. going to win anything. Just build one more year, try to get Lawrence next year. He's going to be a better option, I think, anyways, than Burrow. Burrow has one good year. Burrow had one good year. Yep. And I don't know. A lot of people say it was Brady, Joe Brady. A lot of people say it wasn't. So, I don't. It it is crazy to me. He had one good year. Um, who's your boom, Joe? I have another bust. What's your other bust? C.J. Henderson from Florida, cornerback. I can see that. When's the last cornerback from Florida that's ever been like <laughs> they've they've had so many busts at cornerback? Like Vernon Hargraves, he was drafted super high, not good. It's a tradition unlike any other. Yes, Florida Florida corners are bust. Nine out of ten times in the NFL, like yep. so. I, I CJ Anderson, Henderson, he's projecting like top fifteen. Yeah, I, I, I don't trust it. That's a boom. Any, any, I mean, that's a bust. Any other, any other bust before we go to boom? Um, um, I think I, honestly, I think a bust. This you probably will. I think just with you have to look at draft stock too, like and where they're at and who else is available. But I don't think Chase Young is as good as people are. Honestly, listen, I don't think he's, I don't think he's as good as a number two right now. People, I and I don't want to say he's not great. I don't like. It's just where they are. They are in the draft and when they can be taken. I think two is like way too soon. I think Simmons is the best defender in the draft. He's the most Simmons? versatile. Simmons he's the most the versatile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Simmons is balling. I like Simmons a lot. I like Chase Young a lot. I like Chase Young a lot. I like Chase Young. I think he's great. I think if he fell to like five or six or seven, that's different than the two. Yeah. Like maybe it's me as a Giants fan being like, hey, Redskins, trade your two away for somebody to get it. And then Okuda goes three, maybe. And then you have Young at four. But I just, I don't know. We'll just see. Because like he's just, when you see guys that are hyped up like this, I don't know. They just end up being like not as good unless you have like Bosa or something. Yeah, I was just about to mention Bosa. I don't know. I I like Chase Young. I think he'll be good. He's gonna get he's gonna get picked second. 
There's no doubt in my mind. A lot of people are like, oh, Washington's going to pick Tua. No, we're not. Stop. Yeah, that would, that would be dumb. I wouldn't think. Yeah. Dumb. So. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> my boom is going to be Isaiah Simmons. 100%. Like, and that's why I'm nervous as a Giants fan right now because there's so many avenues we could take. They've taken like three or four like linebackers in the free agency right now, and I don't think they're going to take him. But I'm worried if they don't take him, they're going to take an offensive tackle at four, and we can definitely trade back and still take a good offensive tackle, one of the four in the first 12 picks. So if we traded the four to the Raiders for the 12 and the 19, or if we traded the nine, or if we traded the four to the Jags for nine and Yannick, I would take it. But I don't know what they're going to do. And if we take the top, in their eyes, the top offensive tackle at four, I think it's a mistake because there's too many things you can do. So I can, I'd be good with Simmons at four. If not Simmons at four, they need to trade back. But I want Simmons. I just know that our offensive line is trash. So yeah. my boom is Simmons. But just based off of everything that he can do. But, I mean, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, see, the, the offensive tackle from Louisville that is, like, gigantic and ran, like – Becton? Mackey, Mackey – Mackay Becton. Mackay, yeah. Like, he was 6'7", 368, and he ran a super fast 40. Like, he's ridiculously athletic. Um, do you think he's the first off the board? Or do you think a Wills or Werfs or Thomas is – I would take Becton in a, in a second. Like if if I was the Giants and I I need an offensive tackle, an offensive lineman, I would take him in a second. Would you would you trade the four or would you take him at, at the four? Well, if you know you can get him like sixth, seventh, eighth, then I would trade. Yeah, true. Yeah. But if, I mean, if, I get... if if the Giants took him fourth, I know. I mean, you might be a little upset with that, but in the long run, I don't think that would be a bad. Yeah, unless if we could trade back for the five or six when you know they're taking quarterback. But if we trade back to the nine or the 12, you don't know who's going, you know, in those seven, eight, nine picks. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes sense. But I like Beckton. He was one of my – he was one of my boom. He's going to be ridiculous offensive tackle. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I think um, I think T. Higgins is going to be a boom, which is kind of expected. That guy is a baller. Six four, tall, lanky. I think I, I had a I had a question. I was going to ask y'all about wide receivers because Judy and Lamb are like neck and neck for the top receiver. Who do you think's the better receiver, CD Lamb from Oklahoma or Jerry Judy? I think Judy. I think Judy too. Yeah, especially just with the system that he was in, a pro style. Like I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just mean, think that Alabama uh, receivers when they come out, they're always ready. Like, you have some good ones that were in Oklahoma, but you have, like, Julio. I mean, there's – Yeah. But, I mean, about, I don't want to compare him to other players, but I just think that, like, he's got – he's the most pro-ready right now. I so. think I think the thing about C.D. Lamb in Oklahoma, it was like he got so much attention, but there was literally nobody else to throw the ball to. Yeah. So, which – which Alabama which, has rugs. And, yeah. and another point as well, it's like – Okay, well, if they didn't have anybody else, then you know the best guy's always on CD and he and he beats them. But still, yeah. I mean, I'd rather have I'd rather have Lamb. Like I, I don't think either. I think both of them are going to be really, really good. But I think CD Lamb's going to be the first receiver taken. I think he's. Yeah, I, do you I think can he agree with that. potentially goes to Arizona? 
be with uh, Murray. I don't know no. if they would do that now that have that they have Hopkins. Probably not. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that you, have was... Larry, you have Fitzgerald, you have Hopkins, you have uh who's our other receiver? Christian Kirk. Yeah, Christian oh, Kirk. Yeah, yeah. Kirk. I, yeah I they don't need him. They don't need him, yeah. Yeah, they don't need him. I thought him initially until the trade now. Now that makes some sense. Yeah, I don't there's no way to, to take that. Maybe another offensive lineman for them. Yeah, that's what they need. Protect Kyler and then Kenyon Drake, which that just blows my mind that we're talking about Kenyon Drake in 2020 after. I mean, he had a good season in Arizona, but that I was like, man, this guy is garbage. First half of the last season, the end of the season before. But I mean, it has everything to do with. I don't know. Your boy DJ is going to be. Uh, He's going to revive himself in uh, Houston. No, he's not. He's going to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think DJ's going to – DJ's on the way out. I think it's just – yeah, I, I don't see him reviving himself. I'm not picking his ass in the draft this year in fantasy. I can, I can write it down. Well, at least do you have between Bell and DJ, and Bell was still garbage. It wasn't like you had Zeke or Saquon and then – you know, can we, available. Can we still do a draft even if there's no football just for just Yeah, we can fun. make our own. We can make we can make one up. Okay. Oh, it's Jay would still be trying to trade us like in December. <laughs> yeah, Jay would just be proposing nonstop <laughs> trades and yeah. there's no we're yeah. like we're like, Jay, I mean, what are you doing? Yeah. Not me, by the way, somebody else. Um yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I have Is, one more I have one more boom. I was just or about actually, to I was just about to ask if there was any more, like, booms or anything like that. Two more. Just so people don't think I'm a Georgia hater, I think DeAndre Swift's going to be really, really good. He was next on my list. I think he's going to be good as well. I agree. And Where do you think, see him fitting in at? Do you think he's going to be an immediate starter or one of those, like, dual-headed backs? Well, I mean, it's so rare to have, like – I mean, every team you go to basically now is dual – Running backs, like basically yeah. a tandem. I mean, we took Saquon, and he was an immediate starter. Yeah, but, but I, I don't see, I don't see. I mean, yeah, he was a, a really early pick. I think Swift's yeah. gonna be like late first round. Would you and see so, something like he'll be like a Sony Michelle? Can you see him going to like Atlanta and being like yeah. with Gurley, and then yeah. yeah, that makes sense. That would be smart too. That would be that would be yeah. really really good. Um, and I think my boy Cam Akers would be. If if he had any offensive lineman in college, his he's he's as talented as any running back in the draft. If he if he had an offensive lineman, he would be like a late first, early second round pick. Yeah, that's he, go like he'll probably go like third round and be one of the steals of the draft. Yeah, he's still gonna be he's gonna be a steal. He's gonna go. I agree with that. He's he was really good. He's gonna go later, but he's gonna be a steal. Um. Yeah. If he played on a good team in college with a good offensive lineman, he would be a first-round pick. He would be up there with the Swifts and, and all those running backs. Yeah. It's pretty much not really like – it's kind of a running back week draft this year. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's mainly wide receivers. Wide receivers are – Well, yeah, who's that one – what's that one tight end from Notre Dame? I can't remember. Uh, for whatever reason, his name's slipping. But I think he he's going to be solid just based off his numbers – Notre Dame always has really good tight ends. It's yeah. ridiculous. They always have, like, big white guy tight ends that are good. That's and those great. dudes are just crushing it in the NFL right now. Kittle, yeah. you had Gronk a couple years ago. Witten's been always kind of just a security blanket, which seeing him in a Raiders uniform is just going to blow my mind. 
that he's not a cowboy. Yeah, that's going to be weird. That is weird. A lot of changes this year. We'll see. Do you think AB, there's some news that Lamar was working out with AB yesterday. That would be cool. That would be cool. – could you imagine Hollywood Brown, AB, Lamar. Ingram. Ingram, jeez. It's still get beat by the Titans. I just don't think <laughs> I just don't think any NFL team, any general manager is going to touch that guy with a ten foot pole. I mean, the dude acted such a fool this past season. I just yeah, he's gonna be one of those. I hate to say it. Obviously, some people have talked about it already, but there's got to be CTE in his head. Like, there's yeah. just there's no way there's not. Hopefully, everything works out for him. But there's yeah, just yeah, yeah. The thirty for thirties might be a little wild with him. I can't wait for the the documentary of uh, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, that's a seven part series or whatever. Yeah, Dang. yeah. They should have dropped that shit yesterday. Yeah, I can't wait for that. If um, they got that one building up for uh, Jordan, then I can't imagine too what they'll have for like Kobe here in like seven, eight years, something like that. That's going to be incredible. It's going to be insane. <laughs> Um. Yeah, that's pretty much it. What do y'all think about? I, I'm was, looking at that was a lot. Of, that was a lot of sport. We 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 talked sport. We talked NFL. Yeah. We went we went with our boom and bust. So I think that's good enough. Okay. That'll I wonder what Twitter thinks. If we can post something like uh, who they think is going to be a boom or bust, or somebody can reply, tweet, whatever. Yeah, yeah we can kind of see like what that. they think. Maybe maybe. It would be cool, and it might just be cool to me to break it up somehow into uh, like skill position, like position groups. Like, who's going to be a boomer bust out of all these quarterbacks right here? Like Jacob Eason. Yeah, not sure about do that you, guy. Do you think Eason's going to go before uh, From? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he'll go before. He'll go before. Yeah, it was it's wild, but I don't think. I mean. I don't think he's going to do much, honestly. I just, I'm not a big fan. I think he could be like a Stafford and, I mean, never really win anything. But, but those but picks at least are also he's playing. Like, if you're going in the second round or third round, that's a lot easier to swallow than if you blow a number one pick on Burrow and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So you just move on. If it doesn't work, it's like, yeah, sh- like I messed up my second round pick, but it's not like you had the one and you screwed it up. Yeah. yeah. So. Yep. Well, there's too bad. Too bad. There's not going to be any football. We're never going to see Brady in a Bucks uniform. We're never going to see anything like that. I'm joking. Could you imagine the tease there if he was like, "Hey, I never mind. I don't want to. There's not a season. I was going to retire after this season. I'm now retiring." Ooh. Did you see, <laughs> you see him renting Derek Jeter's house? Did you see a picture of that house? In- I didn't see it. I saw that oh he was my. staying there. I'm like, that sounds like – I mean, Boston I fans right now a, just have to be losing their minds, It's like – thir- it's like uh, – what is it, 30,000 square foot, something like that? I don't know. I just saw a picture of it on Twitter, and it's the biggest house I've ever seen in my life. It is insane. On the water, like, it's just yeah. ridiculous. He's going to He's gonna, He's going to enjoy – he's basically going to be re- reti- half retired, half planned for the terrible – Buccaneers. Yeah, I mean that's that's essentially what he's doing. He's he's pulling a Mark Richt. He's going down to Florida. He's enjoying the weather. He's gonna retire. Um, you want to move on to the the debate, Joe? Do you have a you have a topic for this debate? Uh, no. You haven't even thought of a topic. <laughs> um, 
Do y'all want to do who would win in a fight between a man in the body of a cat or a cat in the body of a man? I mean, that's rather specific. Uh, we can do that. We, we, we can I mean, do we, that. Say say it again. What is it? All right. Would you? Who would win in a fight between a man in the body of a cat or a cat in the body of a man? Oh my God! This is so so like I'm I'm a human, but I'm a cat body. So like I can talk and stuff, but I'm just like a cat. You have the intellect of a oh, human yeah, and a cat's body. Wow. Okay. But flip side, you have a cat's mind and you're a human. Yeah. True. Cats are kind of smart. All right. Okay. Are we rock, paper, scissoring on we'll, this? We'll do rock, paper. Yeah. We're, yeah. Two for out of pe- three. Yeah. For the people that don't know, we are on video. We're, we can see each other. So we'll do a rock, paper, scissors. We'll, let's just do one. Let's rock, paper, scissors, shoot, and whoever wins, wins. Okay. We won't do Got two it. out of three. Uh, all right. So Joe's the moderator. Me versus Brad. Here we go. Rock, paper, scissors. Ready? Rock. Paper, scissors, shoot. Okay, well, I lost. Brad wins. Brad, Brad through wins. scissors. Oops. Brad through scissors. Hudgens through paper. So, Brad, do you want to go first? I'll take the. I'll pick what my, what I want. You're gonna pick. Uh, I'll go. So I'll go pick. first. No, I'll go no, first. No, no. You either. Oh, wait, I'll, let, I'll allow him to pick whatever he wants, but I'll, I'm gonna pick my uh, my topic. So you pick the topic, but you go second. So it's either you go first or you pick the topic. Oh man, then in that case, I'll take second all day. Okay. And then I'll so basically, what I'm gonna do is I'll uh, I'll choose the cat in the human's body. Okay. And then you can choose so, a cat in a human's body. Okay. So we got Brad versus Hutchins. Brad is a cat in a human's body, and he is fighting Hutchins, who is a human in a cat's body. All right. So I'm not I'm not a I'm not a cat guy, but um. I know people that have cats and if I was in a cat's body to be able to jump all nimbly bimbly from tree to tree, <laughs> let me tell you, dude, I'm going to grab a, a, a steak knife with my, with my furry little paws and I'm, I'm going to, you wouldn't be able to, you would, would you be able to pick up a? Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm a human in a cat's body. I can grab, I can somehow I can grab, I can put a knife in between my fingers somehow. I'm stabbing this bitch in the back. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm going to stab him. You have claws. I mean, that's your big advantage. I, I know that, but they're only so sharp. I mean, I, I'll put it in my – I'll put a knife in my mouth. He's not going to be able to catch <laughs> – he's not, he's not going to be able to catch me. He's, I'm way faster than him. I'm more I'm, – it's, it's, there's no contest. So you're a tiny cat. I didn't even think about sizes. So you, you're a human in a little tiny cat. Not a tiny cat, not not like a kitten. I'm a full size grown cat, but let's not sell it short here. I'm a cat, okay? Okay. But I'm fast as shit, dude. I'm telling you, I'm quick. Okay, you're a quick cat. Yeah. You've definitely got the brain. You've got the the brain advantage. Yeah. Listen, (laughs) listen. I go to my mother in law's house and I look over and there's a there's a cat staring at me on top of the damn entertainment center. That dude could jump off any time and scratch my eyeballs out, and I wouldn't have no idea like it was even coming. Okay, all right, uh, Brad, do you want to go? You're you're a human. Yeah. No, you're a cat in a human body. Okay, cat go in human on. body. All right, so I'll break this down in several ways. All right, cats, they don't give a damn about anything. They don't care about anybody. No, they're mean. You know, as hell. they are mean as hell, and they are 
just if you think about it, just their prey, lizards, frogs, mice, they'll catch them and they will rip them limb from limb with their bodies. So yeah. they'll, they'll sneak up on them. They'll, they'll do that. Hudgens is a good dude. You know, he's a good guy. I just, you know, I think he will with you his can't human brain. That, What's that? You can't worry about that. You can't worry about if he's a good guy or not. What I'm saying is in it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Analytics, whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, but no, going in back into the cat argument, they're already trained killers. When you give them an opportunity to have hands, you know, opposable thumbs that they can grab whatever they want and still have the ability to sneak up on something and kill it, they already methodically have planned out how they're going to kill something. Also, if you're thinking about a, are we talking cats? Are we talking cats uh, in a human's body versus a? Yes. Versus, okay. Versus so a, basically, another oh yeah, thing fighting. too, as a cat, I, <laughs> I I can look at a cat. Right, I'm a cat in a human's body. I can look at a cat and be like, all right, I know exactly what it can do. I know like the different types of things that this cat can do and how it's going to move. And as a cat in a human's body, I know what I can do to stop it. Then I can go do, ahead and do you think? It. Do you think a cat can comprehend all that though? But it knows how a cat moves. Like it knows that it's a cat. If I'm a human in a cat's body and I look at another human, I don't know how that cat's going to react to whatever. What kind of ninja shit is this cat going to do in a human body? Yeah. So – there's a lot of variables in there, but I just think the biggest variable is with it being a just not caring. Like it's mean as hell. It's ability to already kill whatever it wants and when it wants limb by limb. Whoa. I think and they do. If you look at them, catch a lizard, yeah, they literally just pounce yeah. on it and rip it to shreds. I agree. Yeah. So All right. when you get would you like, you got anything else you would like to say? Okay, yes, but I am not a lizard. Let me tell you, I am a fast, oh, man. nimble. Oh, you're a cat. I'm, I, am a, I am a nimble, ferocious cat who has yeah. the speed of a cat. The, the I mean, the, the whiskers the intelligence of a, of a human. Whiskers of a cat and the intelligence of a human. I, that's dangerous, dude, I'm telling you, because I, I, could, I could run circles around you. And you would be in the cat. The cat wouldn't know what the he wouldn't know what's going on. I agree. He would have no clue what's going on. So, I mean, it. I, I mean, pretty much, yeah. I mean, I can jump off a, of anything. Could a cat take down a human? Yeah, with enough. Yeah, I mean, it might. T- it might take help from a weapon, which I am intelligent enough to grab. I'm telling you, I can put a steak knife in my mouth if I have to. If I can't grab it with my little furry paws, I can put a steak knife in my mouth. Does the cat have the intelligence to just kick the shit out of the cat body and and pun in and and get away? Or can can a cat comprehend that that I'm much bigger than this? This I'm in a human body. I'm much bigger than this cat. See, I don't think so. See, I don't. I don't think he'll comprehend. I think he'll. I think he'll just be like, "Whoa, man! Why? Why is the floor so far away from me? Like, I just, I don't, I don't think he's gonna know what's going on." I think from weight alone, the average American's probably like what, 170, 180 pounds. Ooh, the average American's probably like three hundred pounds. Average? If you take a female <laughs> and male into account, probably 170, 180, maybe. 
I don't know, maybe 200. We'll say 200. Okay. 200 versus this like nine pound, 10 pound cat. I don't care. But, I can smother but, you. Yes, but it, does the cat have that mindset? Does the cat know? I think the mindset is to kill whatever it can and it just like, you know, just does whatever. Maybe it would like scratch at you. I don't know what they would do, but. Do we I have a lifeline in this, Hutchins? I could, I, I, I might be able to call a lifeline. I might be able to call a lifeline to help us out with this. Okay. If it's who I think it is, I, I automatically lose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't. Well, let's see. Let's, let's him be the judge. I won't. I, he, he said, he just wrote me back. He said tomorrow night or this weekend. Oh. So okay. um, he said, what are we using? And I told him what we were using. He said, okay, so we're going to have a special guest on another episode. Anyway, back to the whole discussion. I mean, I'm a fast. Who decides? Does Twitter decide, or do I, does the moderator decide? That's up to you. Um, that's up to you. But see, it's kind of hard because Twitter can just go on and vote without listening. But I mean, I guess I, I think could. If you what you said last time, Joe, if you have the moderator decide, and then you put it up to a poll, you know, I think we all can be adults here and be like, "Hey, this person actually won the debate." That way, we move on. There's no like, "Hey." People like you listen. You just listen to it. You just listen to the debate. But like, okay. can, can I think on it a little bit, or do I need to do it now? Um, that's your call. If you if you need to think on it, if you need to. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm confused. Like, just listen. I'm a little twelve pound, cute, cuddly cat. I, I look harmless. Okay. You don't you don't know what's going on in my mind i mean i'm a 180 pound cat that already has killer instinct and i am going to rip this nine pound cat to shreds oh boy <laughs> gotta catch me first, it's it's, it's it's brains versus at the end of the day it comes down to it, brains versus brawn yeah that's what it comes down to dude listen i'm so smart i'll set my red rider bb gun up on the counter and wait for you to walk in the room and just pop you in your eye but you can't pull the trigger and pull the trigger. A cat, a, a cat cannot pull a trigger of a gun. Yeah, a cat, yes, he can. The cat's okay. got paws. Listen, I can. Yeah, it, have you ever seen a paw? It just pats. It doesn't. There's no. My force. thing is, I want to have my own thing with a being cat. a human. You could set up some contraption with your brain. You could set up some contraption with your brain to be able to pull the trigger when you want. So if you like, I'm telling you. I'm you just you. made the point for him, Brad. I'm saying, right. I'm saying that if I were to Hudgens do that. Wins. Hudgens wins. Brad just, Brad just made the point for Hudgens. Hudgens is the winner. No, but what, I'm, what, what I'm saying is, besides all that, what I'm saying is a cat can pull a trigger. I can set the gun up, and I can put my paw in, inside where the trigger no, you is. you can't. Yes, I can. I'm going to Google it. Can cats shoot guns? <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. We have the most ridiculous. It was fun, though. Yeah. Let's let's end this because yeah. I gotta grow some steaks. All right, you guys want to go? Let, let, let's go ahead and jump into this uh, Zach Campbell interview. Let's Zach Campbell. All right, see you guys. Peace. Wash your hands. Welcome back, guys. To the Stadium Drive podcast. We have a very special guest on this afternoon. He is an author, YouTuber, world record holder, and ball hawking legend. He's gotten over 11,000 baseballs in his life. Ooh. He is Zach Hample. What's going on? 
What's up, guys? Great to be on with you. Yeah, yeah thanks man. for coming on. So, uh, what are you doing with your time right now? Being being quarantined and and um, distancing yourself. I know you made a TikTok. You said you weren't. Was that was that part of being bored? I don't get bored even if I can't leave my house because I feel like I have endless things to do. It also helps to be quarantined with my lady friend here. So we've been spending a ton of time together. Right. But yeah, the whole TikTok thing, I was convinced I didn't want to do it for months. And I used that question in a Q&A video on YouTube. Are you mm. on TikTok or can you make a TikTok? And I was like, no, I don't think so. But then a couple of my friends really made a good case for it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And after about 10 or 11 days, I just hit 100,000 followers on there. So the numbers are ridiculous. I almost don't believe that they're <laughs> legit, but yeah. I guess I'll keep going with it. What, what, what's, what's TikTok? I don't, I mean, what, what's your TikToks consist of? I mean, I barely even understand it myself. I've certainly posted more TikToks than I've watched. It would probably help my game if I actually watched some, but yeah. I guess it's just like a video sharing social media app that has a gazillion users. I guess it's the biggest app in the world right now. Oh, it's huge. And yeah. most of the videos are under 15 seconds, but I guess you can post them up to a minute. And then the app is built in with music, so you can choose songs to play and it's it's got a built-in video editor you can add all kinds of effects and slow-mo and stickers and hashtags and then at people and write captions and text so huh. it's well, like I'm a very glitzed up insta story but the stuff stays on there permanently and it's yeah. easy to go viral i guess i don't know yeah joe you don't have a you don't have tiktok i don't have tiktok i have tiktok i don't have an account but i just scroll when i get bored um huh. you mentioned friends how was Benny Bang Bang? How he how was he doing through all this? <laughs> Benny Bang Bang. Yeah, man. He's doing okay. I think he's about to be out of work, but his wife is getting a new job, evidently, that's starting now somehow. I guess she got hired before all this madness. So they're wow. home together in Queens and you know, different friends of mine. It's interesting to see how people have reacted to the news of the coronavirus. Um, I know one guy who was telling me months ago dude, this is going to get so bad in this country. You better stock up on food now and you should leave New York City if you can. And I was like, yeah, okay, wow. it's get bad. And then other friends of mine, even when it was clear to me that this was a serious thing, they were like, no, it's just hyped up and it's just the flu and I'll be fine if I get it. And I'm just sort of like, uh. So yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I just listen to the scientists and the experts. That's basically it. So I've been ahead of the curve, I think, more than a lot of my friends. Yeah, that, 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 that's pretty much me too. I'm, I'm right in the middle as well. Um, Joe, you, you will actually like Benny Bang Bang because he is a huge Taylor Swift fan, just like yourself. Wow. Yes. yes. I love me some Taylor Swift. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, you've answered this question a million and a half times, but how did you start catching baseballs? How did all this start? Let's make it a million and a half plus one. Let's do it. <laughs> so – I first was aware of the fact that Major League Baseball was a thing when I was like four or five years old. I started watching on TV and I saw right away that fans, spectators were going crazy trying to catch baseballs and then celebrating like crazy when they got them. And that left some kind of impression on me. And 
I took my glove to my first game ever. Like I showed up already knowing that I wanted to catch a ball, but I had no clue how to do it. So there were a lot of years of heartbreak and going home empty handed. Went to my first game when I was six, but I didn't get my first ball till I was 12. Mm. And even then it was just a toss up during batting practice, but it was massively exciting for me. Oh yeah. And I got hooked and I don't know why I'm the weird one <laughs> out of a million 10 million kids. I mean, how many kids watch baseball and get obsessed with it, but not everyone goes on to be a complete lunatic like I am. So, I mean, maybe some people would if they had more free time or if their parents were strict or whatever, but for whatever yeah. reason, this is what reeled me in. Yeah, Hudgens is, Hudgens is like that. When, when I go to a baseball game with Hudgens, he, he makes me get there like three hours early before the game. Yes. I, I, we are – we are in South Georgia. We're about three hours south of Atlanta. So we're, we're, I'm a huge Braves fan. So I'm always up at Truist Park. I try to go four or five times a year, which isn't a lot compared to you. But, <clears throat> yeah, every, every game, every game I go to, I'm, I literally try to be the first person in line. <laughs> and then I haul tail as fast as I can to uh, left field and just start, start going to town. You go in that shop house gate, early entry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how to do it. Yeah, man. We'll, we'll talk about. Field. Yeah, we'll talk. I was going to say left field seems like the spot to be in that stadium because right field, it's tough with the chop house. They have all those high tables and rows, which is yeah. good if it's empty, but you need a special ticket out there and blah blah yeah. blah. So interesting stadium for sure. Yeah, it is. Um, we'll talk a little well, bit what's, about. What's your What's your favorite stadium to go to? Okay. I love Camden Yards in Baltimore. Okay. That, along with Great American Ballpark, is really fun for me just from a sheer numbers perspective. And I loved Globe Life in Arlington, mm. but that stadium closed down after last season, and now they got the new one set to open at some point, which is not going to be anything like the old one. So yeah. I think I'm down to two favorites at this point, Baltimore and Cincinnati. But Baltimore, for me, is the better stadium. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a lot of your videos from Cincinnati, and it seems like you – destroy it there i mean yeah <laughs> yeah so, every every city every major league city has one or more regulars who are really passionate about catching baseballs and often really good at it and some cities have a handful some cities have dozens and i feel like san francisco has hundreds just because of the way san francisco is configured and when barry bonds was setting all those records and hitting milestone home runs it just made everybody a ball hawk yeah. But Cincinnati, you know, I, I feel like the competition is picking up everywhere, but it's definitely a more chill stadium than some other places, just as, as in terms of the number of people that bring gloves and are really going for it. So it's still a hot spot for me. Right. So in your, in your collection or, or your count, you don't count minor league or spring training game balls, right? Correct. But I have gotten – some minor league and spring training baseballs at regular season games right. at major league stadiums if those balls get mixed in, and I do count those. Yeah. But that's the one exception. Yeah, I hear you. So, what, uh, I got a question. What, what, what's the hardest stadium, in your opinion, to get a ball at? I think Bush Stadium is one of the toughest because they only open 90 minutes early. 
which is absurd because the yeah. Cardinals are a great franchise, great baseball city. They probably average about 45,000 fans a game. Massive fan base. They can't even be bothered to open their stadium early enough for the hometown fans to see the Cardinals warm up. I think it's a terrible anti-fan policy. They need to change it. And as a result, you just get to see a teeny little portion of visitors BP. And for some reason, batting practice there always seems to start so early that even when you get in 90 minutes before first pitch, even the visitors are sometimes done. So between not having much BP, the huge crowds, and just the way the stadium is configured, it's very segmented. There's a lot of railings that block you from running laterally through the seats and the bullpens are right in the power alleys. They swallow up a lot of home runs. So that's one of the toughest stadiums for me. Huh. I hear you. That, that's, that's kind of like truest. When I go to Braves games, I, it seems like you, you don't really get to see the Braves take BP really. It's usually the, the away team is, and I, I'm like, man, I wish they would open up just a little bit earlier so I can see the Braves, but. Well, when I'm the commissioner of Major League Baseball, I'm going to make sure that every stadium opens at least two and a half hours early. Yes, that would, be, early. that would be great. Just let people hang out in the stadium. I, I would That's love it. that. Got to do it. So uh, you decided to end the streak last year. What, why, why did you finally decide to end it, and, and how long did you struggle with that decision? So, yeah, I'd gotten at least one baseball every game I went to for almost 26 years that's incredible more than 1500 consecutive games with at least one ball and i was just feeling a lot of pressure with that i always felt like i could keep the streak going i have enough tricks and strategies and methods for getting baseballs that even in the toughest circumstances i felt like i would find a way but sometimes the it would take me all day to maneuver and work it. And maybe I just didn't want to waste hours going for one otherwise meaningless toss up in the grand scheme of my collection, just to preserve the streak when I could have been going for game used balls, or if I'm filming a YouTube video, touring the stadium, eating food, interacting with people. But instead I felt locked down to the seats to get that toss up, you know, games when, when it might rain or when there's no batting practice the day games that follow night games, the players want to sleep in. And I don't know, I just found myself skipping games, not because I was afraid that I wouldn't get a ball, but because I just didn't want to be hassled with having to spend all that time. And as a result, I missed some game home run balls that I 100% would have caught either because I didn't go to a game or because I was pulled away from the method of getting baseballs that I would have preferred, which was sitting in the outfield. Right. Because it's like, oh, I need to work the dugouts and get a toss-up. And then, of course, someone would hit a home run right to my spot in the bleachers and yeah. I just wanted to scream. So it was actually an easy decision for me in terms of not feeling too much mental anguish about it. I feel great, as a matter of fact. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, off the top of your head, can you think of a time when you were really trying to keep the streak going, but it was like, coming to like the game was coming to a close and you didn't have a ball yet did how let's see how am I trying to say this how yeah no I I do remember early on in the streak I kept the streak going after a game ended really? I had zero baseballs and the players were walking off the field and some coach just pulled a ball out of his back pocket tossed it up in the crowd and I 
I lunged for it. I kind of dove forward onto the dugout roof at Shea Stadium. Because it was thrown right to me, but I thought someone else might reach in front. So I was, you know, reaching as far out as I could forward. And I remember at Yankee Stadium one time, Paul O'Neill played right field back in the 90s. And every game before the ninth inning, he'd throw his warm-up ball into the crowd. Mm -hmm. And people would line up all the way from straightaway right field in that famous walkway where Jeffrey Mayer interfered with the ball, all the way from close to the bleachers, around the foul pole, and then down that slanted wall down the foul and in foul territory. There must have been like 100 people all lined up, all waving and screaming, and I didn't have a baseball. And somehow he just turned and threw it right to me. I don't think he knew (laughs) me. I've never interacted with him. And I just remember thinking at the time, like, well, Jesus, that was pretty lucky. Yeah. So there, there have been some moments like that, um, and I don't really have to worry about it anymore. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it's a lot of stress taking off of you, most definitely. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a favorite baseball? I know you've got a, there's, there's a ton, but do you have a favorite? Yes. The last home run that the Mets ever hit at Shea Stadium. Mm. That's my favorite ball. Um, I was a Mets fan growing up. Now I don't consider myself to be a fan of any one team. I just like the sport and I root Mm -hmm. for individual players, but I had been to Shea hundreds of times. It was almost like my second home when I was growing up and I never had gotten a home run ball there. I rarely sat in fair territory just because the configuration of the stadium was so dumb and they opened up the bleachers the last couple weeks of the season where you didn't have to be part of a massive group. You were able to buy individual game tickets out there. So I took advantage there was a big walkway, and it was so crowded that very last game, September 28th, 2008. I'll never forget it. Carlos Beltran, you know, he's kind of a pariah now, but he was beloved then, and he was batting right-handed and launched one out in my direction. And I did make a pretty good play on it, as crowded as it was. And that's, you know, the, my first and only game home run ever at Shea happened uh-huh. to be on the last game there, and it was the last one that the Mets hit. So that's wow. my favorite yeah. Do, do you have a, like a great white Buffalo ball, a ball that just like got away and is like in your head all the time? Well, Jeter's 3000th hit. Ooh. I, I could have slash should have maybe caught it because I was basically in that spot for his first at bat. And there were a couple empty seats right in the corner by the left field bullpen at Yankee stadium. And the security guard out there was cool with me and he knew I didn't have a seat, but he's like, yeah, you can, you can hang out here. Then the people showed up and I left that spot and then Jeter hit it basically right there wow. after I was gone. And, you know, it went into the first row of the bleachers up above. I don't know that I could have jumped and reached it. If I jumped I know that my glove would have been within about two feet of that ball because there there's a little bit of space behind the back row where I could have been hanging out. And actually the, the guard told me later, he's like, you didn't have to leave when those people came. You could have just been standing behind the seats, which is the exact spot. And wow. if, if I had been there and if I had thought quickly enough to stand up on the back of the seat in the back row, then I definitely would have been able to reach Jeter's 3,000th hit. And I would have caught it. And I, I usually do think quickly because I'm good at this. 
Yeah. So that ball was definitely catchable. I mean, just imagine if you think about how much everybody freaked out when I got A-Rod's 3,000th hit. Imagine if I had gotten Jeter's and A-Rod's. I mean, like <laughs> that would have been, yeah. the universe would have imploded in a big black hole if that happened. With that. <laughs> yeah. So, so that one really bugs me. And there, I mean, for every big home run that I've caught, there's 10 others that I could have, should have. Oh, I was just in that spot, or I decided not to go to that game, and I should have, or right. I went to this stadium instead of that stadium, and I should have known that so-and-so was on a milestone. And yeah, there's a lot of balls like that that really bother me, and they always will. But I can also <clears throat> think about the, the good ones that I've caught and, and always feel great about those. Oh, most definitely. So speaking of the A-Rod, 3,000th hit. Yeah, right, you got you got a ton of hate. I don't, uh, which I don't get, which is crazy. But what were your emotions when you seen that baseball coming right for you? Now I know you didn't catch it right. It actually, you actually looked down and it was like at your feet. Well, it, it, as soon as he hit it, basically, um, my thought was like, "Holy shit, here it comes!" Yeah, and I was just telling myself like don't mess it up. <laughs> um, and I, I read the ball really well right away. I mean, I knew, I knew it was a home run and I knew it was like exactly in my direction. Right. But I sensed that it was going to sail a little bit over my spot. I was in the third row at the time. So I tried to back up on the staircase and in a normal game, a normal guy hitting that ball batting practice, I'll catch it every time. Yeah. I'm good at judging them and I'm good at catching them. But everybody behind me, I guess maybe they sensed that it was falling short. So they were pushing down the stairs and I moved back to the fourth row and, and I tried to move back to the fifth row, but I just hit a wall of people. So I tried to jump at that point and the ball did go a couple feet over my glove. And I thought I had lost the opportunity of a lifetime. And there was just such a pile of bodies looked like a fumble in an NFL game, right? Yeah. And I just gave up. It's like, I'm not going to jump in there. There, I mean, there were like a dozen people just going crazy. And you couldn't even see the ground. So it's like, I'm not going to just jump on someone for the sake of jumping on them. Right. So I just, and they were a, maybe a row or two behind me because the ball went over my head. So I just kind of looked down at my feet because sometimes weird things happen. Oh, yeah. And... I don't know what kind of weird pinball happened with that home run ball, but somehow it was just sitting on the step right next to my sneaker, not even rolling and no one else even saw it. And That's I, incredible. everybody's fighting and falling all over themselves. And I look down and the ball's sitting there and I, you know, I've watched that replay a zillion times in slow-mo. And I realized after the fact there was one other person who saw the ball on the ground but I was in the fourth row and he was in the first row. So as I was reaching down with my hand to grab it, he was just starting to run up the stairs. Uh. So, you know, if I took two seconds to grab it, he would have had it. And it's just, you know, I don't believe in fate and karma. I think that's a bunch of nonsense. Like right. if, if, if there's such a thing as fate, then, you know, why do I waste my time flossing if it's all gonna happen anyway, you know? Good point. I think things just happen and we assign meaning to them. But that A-Rod ball really made me wonder, like, what is going on in, in the universe that, you know, I got this other opportunity and it happened to go in my favor. It's really strange. Yeah, that is incredible. 
Um, how long did you have the ball before you guys came to an agreement? So I took the baseball home with me that night, which pissed everybody off. And I'm everybody, like, well, yeah. well, screw you. It's worth maybe half a million dollars. I have a, first of all, it's mine. And right. secondly, why do I, why do I have to make a decision based on the timetable that you've assigned? So I, I took agree. it home to enjoy the moment and think about it. I could have definitely said fewer stupid antagonizing things <laughs> at the time, but I was pretty hyped up and, oh, yeah. you know, got caught up in the moment. Um, I talked to the Yankees consistently that night and the next day. And within a couple of days, I had a meeting back at Yankee Stadium with the Yankees top brass, including Randy Levine, the Yankees president, and the director of this baseball charity that I'd been working with for a number of years called Pitch In for Baseball. And the Yankees were actually the ones that offered to donate to that charity because I had told them that I was going to keep the ball. Mm -hmm. Randy Levine himself told me if it would help you decide what to do with the ball, the Yankees would consider making a sizable donation to your favorite charity. So that really got me thinking. So there was actually a deal in place within a few days, but the Yankees then left town on an eight day road trip Ah. in order for me to give A-Rod the ball. A-Rod had to be there. I'm not just going to walk into an empty Yankee stadium and put it in his locker, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, we knew it was going to happen with a deal in place, but I just had to sit on it and not say anything because the Yankees wanted to wait and they wanted to be the ones to announce the press conference. And that week was pretty tough because I was getting dragged through the mud. And just one example, Forbes magazine or their website, Forbes.com, whatever, they ran a huge feature story uh, titled something like memorabilia leeches or ruining the sport. And it was basically about me and how crappy I was and how selfish I was. I already had agreed at that point to give A-Rod the ball for nothing personally. Yeah. It, was, it was just so the charity could get money. And sure, the Yankees offered me a whole lot of stuff for it. But I mean, that was almost like a throw and I, I didn't need all of that. So. Right. You know, and I, I couldn't even respond. I just had to sit there and take it. And it was pretty bad. Some of my friends told me that they actually saw death threats for me on Twitter. It's terrible. And, you know, again, I said some stupid things, but I really didn't deserve the level of hostility and animosity that was flying around. And a lot of people took my side. You know, Yankee fans were pissed off because I wasn't going to give A-Rod the ball, even though I was. Yeah. And fans of the other 29 teams thought I was the greatest person ever, like, yeah, screw A-Rod, like, we love you, like, stick it to the Yankees. And I'm like, I don't want to stick it to anybody. Like, I know what I'm going to do, but just, like, please let the process play out. Auction houses were falling over themselves, trying to get in touch with me, basically begging me to send the ball to their auctions because they, you know, they wanted all the press and the attention. And people were accusing me of holding on to the ball to gain more fame or money. And I was just like, no, I just needed a couple days to think about it. I know what I'm doing. I'm trying to do something nice and it just, it's going to take a couple weeks for the process to play out. So it was nuts, really nuts. Were you there for the Barry Bonds game when he broke the record? I was not there for that. I, I feel like I got into the home run chasing game kind of late. I just always went for the most number of baseballs, no matter how I got them. So that, meant focusing on batting practice and focusing on toss-ups and foul balls. And it's like, you know, why sit in the outfield for 10 games and maybe get one home run 
if I can sit in foul territory and maybe get one or two foul balls during that time um, or three or four. So it's like, I feel like my priorities were messed up. And even though I knew what a big home run ball that was, I just, I wasn't all about getting on an airplane and flying across the country trying to catch it. Now I absolutely would. And I'd bring my videographer and whether Mm -hmm. or not I caught the ball, it would be a really cool video. But yeah, now I'm definitely more milestone home run minded. Yeah. Right. Um, how much research goes into it? Like how much of it's research? How much is this just like luck? Like how much, how much studying do you do before the games? I used to do a decent amount. There was a website, ESPN home run tracker where you could look at scatter plots for any hitter and any stadium year by year. And just basically see the clusters, little dots on the map of, where all the home runs landed and you'd know where the hot spots were. And you introduced me to that website, by the way, and I don't believe it's around. No, anymore. it is now defunct. Unfortunately, yeah, I am so sad. bummed. It was fun just to look at, even if you weren't trying to catch balls, just, yeah. just from like a data nerding out about baseball standpoint. But yeah. I, you know, that website actually helped me catch Barry Bonds's 724th home run because you could, you could look at, stadium diagrams and put in what they called range rings where they'd put a little arc in the outfield and show you where 350 feet was, where 400 feet, where 450. And I remember I was out in San Diego and the giants were there and there was a place that I liked to stand this walkway out in right field, but it was pretty deep. And I knew that it was a lot more crowded straight away and toward the foul pole. It was a shorter home run distance. It was harder obviously to hit, baseballs that would reach that walkway out toward right center. But I remember looking at that website, looking at the range rings and thinking like, oh, you know, if I actually move farther away from the crowd to about here, that's still, you know, I forget exactly what it was, but let's say like, it's still only about 415, let's say, and you know, Bonds could certainly hit one that far. So I remember moving out that way with some confidence that I wasn't moving myself out of position. So it was definitely helpful, but at this point, I don't do any research except I keep an eye on the milestone trackers and I see who's coming up on their hundredth home run or their thousandth RBI, or, you know, you can just, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of baseballs that a player might want back. It doesn't just have to be a 3000 hit or a 500th home run yeah. guys with no home runs. You know, I try to keep an eye on them as well. And I always give the baseballs to the players who hit them. I, I mm-hmm. think there's a perception that I don't just because I held on to the A-Rod ball initially, but I've always given those baseballs to the guys. It's just fun to be the one to catch it and to meet them. And I usually ask for a signed bat in exchange, which teams are always happy to do. So yeah, it's super fun. Yeah. So you caught Mike Trout's first home run, but you didn't get anything when you met him, correct? You had to, you had to wait a little bit, right? Yeah. I didn't ask for anything at the time other than just simply being the person to hand him the ball and security didn't even want to let me do that. And they were like, oh, no, we can't. It's getaway day. They have to catch a flight. And I was like, okay, no problem. I'll just keep the ball. And then they were like, what? (laughs) And so what do you know? I got to meet Mike Trout. So he actually gave me a baseball that he signed for me at the time, which was cool. I didn't ask for it. And I'm not a huge autograph collector. And then, of course, when Mike Trout turned into Mike Trout, I mean, every time I saw him do something else spectacular, I was like, man, I am an idiot. And I wish I had gotten something from him. And he was nice enough to have remembered me over the years. And I finally asked him one day, you know, 
would it be possible to get a bat from you at some point? Like I, I regret never asking for it at the time. And he was like, yeah, man, I got you. And it took a year and I don't blame him at all. You know, he's busy and he plays across the country and I just don't get to see him that often. And sometimes even when I do, it's at Yankee stadium and security is strict and you can't get down near the dugout. So just based on the logistics of it, it took a year, but he remembered and he finally hooked it up. And that's one of my favorite baseball mementos. I mean, usually my favorite things are the baseballs that I've caught, but yeah. you know, personalized signed Mike Trout bat. I don't know. It doesn't really get much better than that. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's see here. Most baseballs you've gotten in one game. That would be 36. And I wow. did it in Cincinnati on my birthday. Really? In 2011. Yeah, it was, um, it was a September weeknight against the Cubs. And back then the Cubs weren't that good. They, they weren't really drawing all that well on the road and it was empty and I got in nice and early and I was, I mean, I just was dominating throughout the day. 36. Wow. I've gotten 37. I'm still pissed off about that. Really? Yeah. I've gotten three baseballs in one game and I thought I was the coolest person ever. <laughs> I mean, that makes you about one twelfth as cool as I am. Right? <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I've never gotten a baseball in a game. I'm sorry. I, you know, I, uh, I feel your pain. I feel sorry for you. Yeah. Man. But you know what? You got to stop complaining when he drags you quote unquote drags you early to games. You got to embrace it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. You just got to go out there the and get it. Get there early. I, yeah, I have – you You attended the first game at Truist, which was SunTrust, and I watched that video probably ten times trying to learn where to get baseballs at in that stadium. Wow, so I owe a thanks to you for my YouTube revenue. You single-handedly yeah, are boosting my <laughs> Yeah, man, a couple pennies, yeah. <laughs> I'll take Maybe. it. Um, favorite ballpark food? Ooh. Well, that's, that's what I'm more, most interested in. The food. My favorite ballpark food experience is just being in the Legends area at Yankee Stadium, because those tickets cost about eighteen million dollars. But once you're there, all the food is free and included. And I mean, they have desserts for miles, and they have a sushi area, and there's steak, and there's lobster for people who are into that, and just a whole wall of candy where you can literally just grab it by the handful and throw it in your backpack and nobody cares. So that's pretty fun. I mean, that's, that's what America is all about, right? Excess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's like the, the pinnacle of it, but there's, there's just so much good food now around stadiums. Whereas when I was first going to games, when I was in high school, it was crap. And I think San Francisco has amazing food. They have some of the healthiest options they have that whole organic garden thing going in center field. And, you know, Toronto, the Rogers Center, surprisingly has some, I mean, I say surprisingly just because people don't really name that when they're thinking about, like, what's the best stadium in baseball? Or, like, yeah. they don't draw a ton of fans either. So, I, you know, no disrespect to the Blue Jays, but it's just not usually on the tip of people's minds. But I've had some amazing food there that really stands out. So... Yeah, I mean, I've eaten my way across Major League Baseball. I was even thinking of maybe doing a video of food highlights across the stadiums. I have all this time now yeah. with coronavirus, so all these video ideas that during the season, it's like, I don't have time to dig through hard drives of footage and 
you know, cause it can take 10 or 20 hours to put together a massive video like that. If I'm talking about all 30 teams and I'm looking for B roll and photos and, yeah. but now I have the time to do that. So I might get into some stuff like that. I hear you. So when you go on your road trips, what determines where you go or is it just random? You just go, ah, let's go to Baltimore these dates. And then, or do you just, or do you, or do you try to plan it out? I usually look at the calendar a month or two out and start to write down some cities and dates, but I usually don't book my flights until about three weeks out. If you wait much longer than that, the prices can go up. So I try to avoid seeing the Yankees on the road at all costs. I try to avoid the Red Sox, the Dodgers, the Cubs, if possible, the Cardinals. There was a while when I tried to avoid the Giants too. Now I'll probably be trying to avoid the Astros. The Astros are just lousy with taking batting practice anyway. It seems like half their guys skip it. Um, So I just want to avoid big crowds. But on the other hand, games with the biggest crowds are often the most exciting games. And those are good to film for YouTube. But I have the most fun personally when I'm in an empty stadium and I can run around and choose whatever seat I want, you know, within reason. I'm not trying to break the rules, but it's like if I – if I buy a ticket in left field and right field is totally empty, they're probably right. not going to be mad if I go over there when Bryce Harper comes up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I try to avoid bobblehead giveaways. I try to avoid anything love- just going to draw a huge crowd. I remember back in the day, I don't know if you guys remember, Beanie Babies were a thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I would avoid – there would be people camped out starting at 6 in the morning in – beach chairs outside of stadiums like the one game i ever went to at the astrodome in houston of course it was beanie baby day and i like it was wow. just like a disaster there were like fifty thousand fans so i try to avoid all that noise you know i try to find out which teams are using commemorative baseballs every year yes and i will make an extra effort to go to those stadiums not just for one game but for at least two or three in case i don't get the special ball on day one Right. I don't want to have to circle back with another flight and hotel stay. I'd rather just be out there for a few days in one shot. So, you know, I try to plan it like that. I'm going to try to probably see the angels more and more on the road just because I love trout. And I, you know, I caught his first home run and gave the ball to him. I still want to catch one that I can keep for myself. Yeah. So I'm mo- more motivated to go see the angels, but you know, I don't want to see the angels if it's at a crappy stadium where it's hard to catch home runs. So I still have to think about that. I think about kids being out of school or when it's spring break and trying to, you know, like when you're planning spring training, I try not to be down there when it's spring break because it's going to be twice as crowded, just stuff like that. Um, So there's a lot of thought that goes into it. And then sometimes it just all goes out the window at the last second. If I switch up my plans. I know you, you brought up the Astros earlier and how they skip batting practice, or it seems that way. Why take batting practice when you know what pitches are coming? I mean, why? Whoa, you know what I mean? It's cold in here. I mean, wow. You know well, that, I'm glad you said it because I don't need to get hit from Astros fans. I know, but, right? You know, I did a whole video talking about how I felt about the Astros yeah. cheating scandal. Seen it, and, yep. you know, it sucks. They suck. I'm pissed. A lot of <laughs> people are pissed. A lot of Astros fans are pissed. And a lot of Astros fans are like, I don't care, whatever, they want it and like deal with it. And that's fine. Everybody's welcome to have their own reaction. But 
<laughs> you know, I almost feel like the season being delayed benefits the Astros more than anybody because they yeah. get to delay everybody's ire. But no, the delay of the season, it's not a good thing, no matter how you slice and dice it. But it's, just, it's so weird how this whole thing is playing out. And, you know, baseball will survive and people will get over it eventually. You know, it, they'll be getting less hate after a week and after a month and after a season and after a generation. But it's one of those things that's always going to stick with them in their reputation. So... Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see people play the game honestly, basically. Yeah. And I know that that's not realistic, but you're just not supposed to use technology to cheat. Yeah, I completely agree. I think about the, I think about the 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 athletes that are potentially that potentially got cut or that don't have a job right now due to the Astros cheating. You know, a pitcher goes out there and gives up twelve runs. Like, you know what? Yeah, let's let's go ahead and send you down or something. Just things like that that yeah it's, i remember it's, hearing I mean, some stories about players who were just like right on the verge of making it in the majors but then they ran into the astros and it fell apart from there that that really sucks yeah so uh joe you got a uh you got a challenge for him don't you uh-oh i mean if you ever want to go to a braves game or tampa bay because we, we're smack dab in the middle nobody wants nobody wants to go to a tampa bay game if you ever want to go to a Braves exactly game, goes to the tampa bay's games you know what? That stadium gets a bad rap. They've actually improved it quite a bit. Right. I, don't, I don't care for indoor baseball, and it's even worse when you can't open up the roof. But there's some actually pretty nice things about that stadium, and they actually have some really good food there as well. Um, Is, that's one of the stadiums that you can go and you can basically sit anywhere. And, there, I mean, there's nobody else there. Well, the security guards there – can get a little fussy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is not – what I'm going to say is not aimed specifically at the Rays, but I do get particularly annoyed when you're at a stadium that can hold 45,000 people, but, you know, the paid attendance is going to be about 11,000, and if you look at who's actually there, it's probably half of that, and you still have power-tripping employees who are checking tickets and yelling at people, and you can't yeah. use the glove trick, even if it's like – I understand if, if teams don't want you picking up baseballs from the bullpen or whatever, but there, there are places like Marlins Park. There's just like a totally dead area behind the wall in right center field. There's no employees. There's no players back there. If a batting practice home run drops in the gap, my God, let the fans use some device and pick it up. It, it causes no harm. And, you know, I just think that a lot of teams forget that baseball is supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's, that's what annoys me. But I've had a great time at Rays games. And actually, the staff has been extremely friendly to me there. The people in the front office have welcomed me. And, you know, I, I got to know the head of security, actually, the last couple of years. And he hooked it up. So, yes, my experience there has been more, I guess, privileged, you could say, than maybe the average fan. But you know, I see how things are run there. And I think Tropicana Field does get more crap than it deserves. People should give it a chance. Yeah. Oddly enough, I, like I said, we, we are the same distance from here to Atlanta, from here to Tampa, pretty much, give or take 20 or 30 minutes. Oddly enough, every season I talk to my wife and I'm like, I want to go to a Rays game. I want to check out Tropicana Field. And I just never go. Maybe, maybe this year will be the year. Maybe, hopefully, if baseball comes back. So, so yeah. Everything for the drop, huh? 
No, nah, never been. You gotta, been you gotta get there at least once, even even if it were the worst stadium ever, or whatever you think might be the worst stadium. A lot of people say Oakland is the worst stadium. So what? Yeah. You still gotta go there. They play Major League Baseball. You know, it's yeah. an interesting experience. Come on, Hutchins. I know. I know. I know. All right, but yeah, if you want to go to a Braves game, I challenge you. I, I will catch a ball before you catch one. Ooh. And Bold. what? The loser has to buy the other uh, a nice concession item. Ooh, sure. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Wow. Yeah. Might have to take you up on that. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Let us let us know when the season comes back. Hopefully, cross our fingers. Yeah. We can yeah. try to set that up. Um. That should do it. I, I thought I had one more question, but it has I've I've lost it. I don't know. You lost it like I lost Jeter's three thousand hit. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I couldn't I could He's not imagine. But uh all right, Zach. We appreciate you jumping on. We uh we've had fun. Hopefully the season will get back sooner rather than later. And uh we can get together to some uh and go to some baseball games. I agree, man. And, you know, if people actually listen to the experts and take the social distancing seriously, whether or not you believe it, listen to the experts because that's what they're saying. And if you want baseball back sooner, do what they're telling you. Right. I just thought of this last question. Last question, I'm going to let you do it, man. How chaotic are home run derbies? I know you've been to a ton. (laughs) Oh, they're nuts because it's just basically like five hours of batting practice Yeah. because you have actual batting practice before the Derby when every all-star position player is taking BP and then the Derby itself is basically glorified BP. So it's like five hours of batting practice in a totally packed stadium and everybody is there to catch a ball. Everybody brings their glove. Everybody's standing up and it's just, nuts like you you don't really have much of an advantage over anybody by getting there early or bringing your glove or being athletic because like yeah everybody's just so hyped up so there's a lot of luck involved i try to do a lot of research and planning and scheming about the best places to go but security can be really strict i've had security guards check tickets in the outfield during batting practice for the home run derby where you can't even go in And I remember in Phoenix, when the all-star festivities went to Chase Field, during batting practice, they not only checked your ticket to get into your section in left field, they made you go to your ticketed row during batting practice. Wow. Which was so dumb and unnecessary. (laughs) And I was going to be screwed. But thankfully, there was a guy with front row tickets who recognized me. And he's like, hey, man. You come down here with me. If they ask for your ticket, we'll just show them mine. And, you know, I got a bunch of toss-ups down there. But it's, it's nuts. So, yeah, home run derbies, it's like it's a whole nother level of chaos that no one is – like if you, if you haven't been to a derby and you've only seen it on TV, you just – you think you might know what it's going to be like. You don't know. It's really? bonkers. Wow. I'll have yeah. to get to a derby. I'll have to get to a derby. Do it. But all right, man. We appreciate your time, and uh, like I said, hopefully we can get to some baseball games soon, and uh, stay safe out there. Hey, same to you guys, and same to everybody listening. You know, be smart, stay safe, and we'll get some baseball on the flip side of all this nuttiness. Yes, sir. All righty. I appreciate it. All righty. See you, man.
later.